Um, and today I have uh, on the podcast Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you? Great, thanks. Lovely to see you. Um, so uh, Dave's our, our chairman at DigiSec and all-round uh, uh, ambassador for our sector, um, it, the, the fintech sector and the payment sector. And we also have Terry, founder of um, DigiSec. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Lovely to see you. So um, first, we wanted to really have a chat on our, um, about why wearable technology can bridge the gap between the brand and the customer. But I guess, you know, it would be nice to talk a little bit about what exciting applications for wearable tech uh, are you, have we been working on at DigiSec? Well, I mean, I don't want to get into the technology just yet. I mean, okay. let, let's 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 stay with your first question um, yeah. about brand. So the issue is, I think that in a in a kind of undifferentiated world, look, you know, I I have an iPhone, right, and so yeah. I have Apple Pay, and so you know, I walk into Waitrose, I pay with you know whatever it doesn't matter. It's a black rectangle, just the same as everybody else's black rectangle. There's no brand at the point of sale. There's no. Uh, there's nothing I want to show to other people. There's nothing performative about it. It's very different if I pay with my Manchester City tie, or you know, uh, my uh, my Rolex. Uh, this is a hypothetical example, of course. You know, and my Swiss watch that has a payment chip inside it, or um, or anything else that has brand that um, that is visible. Uh, yeah. Part of the transaction. And I think the reason why it's changed, well, I think there's two reasons to it, really. So the first is the wearables business came from a rather kind of functional place. So in the early days, the 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 issue was how do you get a contactless, you know, payment chip? How do you manage to jam it inside a ring or a bracelet or something so that people can use it at point of sale? And And actually... You know, doing that is is an achievement in itself. I mean, if you think of the technology that goes into that, how do you get Incredible. the chip and the antenna and all that kind of thing? It's pretty cool. You mm. know. But it's moved into a different space now because it's moved into something that's more about brand and fashion. I mean, now it's easy to make those things. So what you see now is the emergence of, I mean, I, I use sports clubs as an easy example because that's that's a current example. It's one people know lots about. It's a place where Digisec is active at the moment. There's something different about using a wearable when it's part of a fashion statement, a brand statement, something about you. So I think that's what's changed, really. Mm. I mean, Terry, when when you first started down this path, just getting the damn things to work was an achievement, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it it was a a massive complexity. Um, And it it sounds simple, bringing fashion and and technology together. But when we analysed the whole supply chain, the technology process, it was actually one complex problem to solve. Um, And I think we, you know, we did a good job at at, um, solving it now. Um, And I think what we've done um, is really brought something unique to a brand that they didn't have before, turning a brand into something technically new um, when it's it's enjoyed its brand reputation but it hasn't been in a technology sphere, I think that brings them something new and exciting um, together. And, and I think we can expand that out. You were saying about... You know, you go into a store and you use this bit of flat black glass on a bit of flat black plastic. 
I think people um, now are, are looking to show their brand allegiance. Um, and we've experienced, for example, just by the sheer fact of having the brand on a piece of metal or plastic that a football fan can say, this is mine, this is my allegiance, this is my club, has made a huge difference to how they feel about making a payment with something other than a piece of plastic card. And it's exciting to see that. So what is the weirdest thing, then, you've ever paid with? Do you want us to actually record that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I'll go into the depths, but my, my weirdest is my fingernail. Yes. Um, so we are working with a company at the moment who are embedding the chip yeah. as part of your fingernail, um, you know, sort of um, manicure. Um, so they're gelling it onto the, the nail. And the looks you get from people is phenomenal because they can't believe that you've just, with your finger, touched the pause and it's paid. Um, and and that, that is quite weird. Um, but beyond that, I don't think I'll so go they, into any more. They're all to us. <laughs> For me, actually, oddly, it was mobile phones because yeah. many, many years ago when, when contactless payments were first getting underway, I don't know if you remember this, Terry, but one of the very first form factors that we got to play with was uh, stickers. A sticker. And uh, there were several companies that started to make little stickers that contained the contactless payment chips. I remember the first one I had actually was Turkish. Turkey was was well ahead on this. And you could stick it on the back of your phone. And I can remember walking into shops and buying things by tapping my mobile phone. I mean, you're talking I'm many, many years ago. I bet people thought you were some kind of Martian or something. I, I know. It was, it was, it was uh, you know, do you, do you, but what sort of sticks in my mind from that was, you know, the reaction you got from it uh, showed that people were actually paying attention uh, to what yeah. you were doing. So it sounds strange now, but at the time, the weird thing was the mobile phone. Mm. In that first flush of um, enthusiasm, if you like, for these kind of things. People experimented with a lot of different form factors. I remember the Barclay card pilots where they were trying um, bracelets. Remember those um, silicon bracelets? The silicon bracelets, um, yeah. Key fobs. And, and what I, th- I mean, what I remember from that was that people chose different things. Like some people liked mm. the key. Actually, my, my wife has a contactless key fob she uses all the time. She prefers the key fob over everything else. Yeah, I always like. sense. I always like this. Well, because you've got your keys in your hand. Yeah, you've you always know. got your well, keys. Well, I, I think that's what wearables is about. It's about the choice. It's a, it's about deciding what you like to wear, when you like to wear it, and what you you know feel like wearing at any given time. I mean, I, I can't imagine actually wearing one of those silicon bands going to um, an evening do. But I certainly could if I was going swimming. Yeah. And or a football to, match, yeah, or, or a football match. But uh, Actually, the thing, the thing I probably use most, the wearable thing I probably use most actually is 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 the ring. And the reason for that is because when I go out for a walk or a bike ride, I've been trying really hard, especially during lockdown, to to stick to this thing of like every day you have to get away oh, from the yeah. screen. I saw something on telly about. It. I can't remember why I started doing it, but now mm. I'm like in the habit of it. So every day I'll go for a walk or ride my bike in the middle of the day. And so I tend to have the phone in the rucksack because, you know, I'm I'm either listening on AirPods or I'm not listening at all. And I'm lazy, so I have the ring. And so when you stop to get a drink or a sandwich or something like that or a cup of coffee, just paying with the ring is just, just so easy. 
you know. So, so the the point about choice is really so. So, so there was this early explosion of different people playing with different things, but they weren't fashion items in those days. They were very utilitarian. Yeah. Now, obviously, today you still have to have the utility, right? So, if you've got the football club keyring, it's got to be able to get you into the stadium and get you to buy a drink and allow you to vote vote in the you know player of the month or whatever it is they're doing with it. It's got to do all those things. It's still got to have the utility. But the truth is that's not why people like them. No. You know, the the way the reason why people like them is you, you hit on at the very beginning. It's the it's brand. Mm. You know. Now I mean look at watches. Watches are a good example. Some of the watches that have our chips in are very cool. Right? Philip Stark's a great example, one of the great, you know, designers of our time, isn't it? You know. Right. Some of them, you know, plug ugly and they cost a fortune. (laughs) But I don't know why people buy them, but they do, you know. Yeah. So so that's not about the utility of the payment. They they can all do the payments. Um, As Terry's point about choice, it's it's really much more to do with fashion nowadays. I think it it used to be, if you can compare it with the architect world, it used to be about function over form. I think technology has got us to a place now where form and function Function. are as, you know, we can actually use form to, function's just a commodity inside the form to have exactly what you want and, you know, love your brand. So I guess I I wanted to talk a little bit about... You know, if I'm a retailer and I'm listening to, you know, you guys, you complete gurus uh, in this subject, why do you, why as a retailer should you start to look at this? You know, what, what, you know, why would you, why would you get wearables into other parts of your, you know, your product range? What do, what do you think it is that the consumer wants? It's not all about technology. I mean, the, the reason they would make those choices are to do with brand and market and all these kind of things. But there's a technological underpinning to it, which I think is useful to understand. And I'd sort of break that into three parts. So first of all, we're talking here about passive wearables so we're talking about things that are like contactless cards they don't have batteries in them yeah they, they get their power from the from the readers in the shops that means they can't run out of battery one of the reasons why i never wear my apple watch is because it's always running out of battery one of the reasons why when i come into town i prefer a wearable is because i i am worried about my phone running out of battery and then i can't get back out the tube and all this sort of thing so having something that always works is rather convenient and of course you know you can submerge it in water and drive cars over it and all this sort of thing but also isn't it the the convenience though you just mentioned convenience i i see so many people coming up to the turnstiles at the underground and they've got umpteen bags around them fishing to get a phone out yeah and turn it on and then try and get the payment to work and i go breezing through with my bracelet and they just look at me as if to say oh, What's she doing here? It's absolutely so, magical yeah, to see. I've seen you do it as well. <laughs> um, so perhaps you could talk about some of your customers, you know, because, I mean, it, it, for example, what you did with the Golden Globes, that's a great one. But, you know, perhaps talk about some of the applications to bring this to life for some of our, you know, retailers that are interested. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I think one of our most exciting customers is a a customer who's now fitted the chip into the edge of the watch glass as you fit it into the watch itself. To me, that's a really exciting prospect because it now turns any watch into a technology 
capable payment enabled watch um and it 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 gives you the the brand and technology matched without the complexity of having to redesign and without having to bring electronics to play into a beautiful analog watch um so i'm excited to see them um you know sort of develop and grow into the the wider watch market so I mean, so we've got you know, there's there's many reasons why retailers retailers are constantly looking to get close to their customers. Um, what about what you're doing with um, in the football world? You know, some really exciting things happening across La Liga and you know places like that. Tell us a little bit about that, Dave. I, I think sports is a very good case of yeah. where of where this issue about the the personal relationship between the customer and the brand is so different. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you look at a couple of things we're doing, there's a Real Betis in La Liga. So Real Betis fans have, have you know, branded key rings which contain the payment chip but also get them into the stadium. It's worth saying, isn't it, that, um, you know, with this uh, Digisex technology, you know, the object can be many services, not just for payments only, you know, and that's the beauty of having that one uh, fob with your whole, you know, if you're a, a loyal member of a football club and you go to the home and away games and you want to get into the stadium and you can use getting into the home stadium, you can use that fob for everything. That's pretty useful. But and you'll, and you'll use it for buying things when you're out and about in town yeah. as well. It shows it. But that brings me on to the sort of second technological point really which is the power of these you know these these little chips which mm. which cost i wouldn't say they cost nothing but they don't cost very much we could say cheap as chips but, they are, <laughs> they're, they're in fact much cheaper than chips uh, <laughs> at the moment but you know they implement the powerful security you need to do real you know visa and mastercard transactions and ident you know open doors and all this sort of stuff and they can do multiple of those but they can also be a permanent connection between the brand and the consumer. So you can mm -hmm. see, like, I've got my key ring. Yeah. And, and I tap the key ring to my phone and my phone shows me, I don't know, the player scoring the best goal of last week. Next week, when I tap it to the phone, it will show me something else. But, of course, the brand knows that I've been tapping it and who's been looking at what. So that so they can, you know, they can provide more content that you like and this kind of thing. So there's a liveness to it as well. It's, it's 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 real two way engagement, isn't it? It's you know where yeah, and it's 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 live. It's in real time. You're constant. It's an easy invitation to participate. Yeah. In something and um, and and there's nothing quite like being a fan and feeling that you're being invited to participate in the club's events and the club's services. Um, so you know, fun things like I think Dave mentioned. Um, you know, at the end of the match, if you tap your wearable, you have the right to vote. You only get one vote because that's the cleverness of the wearable to know that you've made a vote. But you can vote for your man of the match. And the nice thing that invites them in to participate means they get entered for a draw for their um, man of the match shirt at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and so there's nothing quite like feeling close to your brand when you're when you love your brand. Yes. I think I think certain brands, uh, it it it's it's the story, isn't it? It's it's the you remember where you were when you paid for something when that match where your team won three four and th th there was some amazing goal or you know you can almost see feel and hear and be immersed in the brand and you are because it's it's almost like an extension of your actual being. 
um, which is, you know, it's like it, it's certainly taking that brand to another level, I think. Um, and what about for the, you know, this, this we want this to be focused on retailers getting excited about thinking about creative applications that we, we haven't even dreamt up yet. You know, the battens with them, let them, you know, that they can do what they will with their brands, which is wonderful because they've probably got millions of ideas coming all the time yeah. and they just need to chat to us and we'll make the tech happen. But but the issuers also are key to this uh, channel. So you know what do, what what's in it for the issuing banks? Well, this is where this is where the third technology strand comes okay. into play. Um, so traditionally, the um, the loading of the important security details into the chips has to take place in the factory. Yeah, and um, and there's a supply chain there. You've got to get the right chips into the right devices, the right devices to the right people, link them to the right cards, and all this kind of stuff. But the technology that we've developed, Arcos, which is called remote personalization technology, means that actually you can load that stuff in through your Android phone or your iPhone, and that means you know you can imagine a situation where I don't know you have a, I'm trying to think you have like a charity auction of a football or something that's been used in a match. And at the moment it's purchased, the auctioneer can use the phone to write into the chip, you know, to, to activate the chip, to load it with the relevant data, who won it and when, and all this kind of thing. And the ability to do that is something new. I, I don't know exactly how people are going to use that. I mean, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I don't know that. <laughs> But um, I think there are some exciting applications that, that can come up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's for, a platform for, doing, for new yeah. ways of doing things. I mean, we, we started that off. Um, you mentioned the Golden Globe. We started it off with the Golden Globe just to, you know, sort of test the concept. Um, and effectively, the night that the Globe was... Um, given out we didn't know who it was going to we didn't know you know who could have won it um and so literally everything had to be dynamically in the instant written into the golden globe and it carries that that level that grade of chip um and therefore the fraud has gone away no longer can anybody put the golden globe up onto um, the, onto eBay and claim that it was, you know, won by Meryl Streep um, when it doesn't contain a chip and it doesn't contain the data that says it was won by Meryl Streep. So it, I think you could take that application much, much further um, and it can be quite exciting as, as we t talk about and think about global supply chains, as we, we talk about the circular economy, um, and as we talk about, you know, all the, all the different identity requirements that we have, as our world grows closer and closer through, you know, connectivity, it also becomes easier and easier to defraud people. Um, and therefore, you know, we are looking at that chip technology to help prevent and help secure those items and those objects. So. If you have any questions or you'd like to get in touch with us, please contact terry.smith at digisec.co.uk. Terry is our global ambassador and the founder, uh, co-founder of Digisec and, and behind the innovation. Um, and, you know, she will be able to answer all of your questions. Thank you. Bye.